You know, when I first got saved, it was because of worship. I went to this church. It was very much like this church. They had a Saturday night youth called Yaks. It stands for Young Adult Christians. Yaks. It was the 90s, all right? That was back in the days. That was back in the days where the drum kit had chimes. Does anyone remember the chimes? Those were the... Oh, I'm telling you, you get to a certain part in that song, like, um, oh, whatever it was, and they just do the chimes. And you go, oh, your hair would stand up in your neck, and the power of God would come in. I tell you, when I, if I ever pastor a church, my drum kit's going to have chimes, praise God. Chimes, bring them back, bring them back, bring them back, never mind. Not, not today, never mind. The hour is coming, Jesus said, the hour is coming. The hour is coming. It's actually going to come. The hour when, when God returns to the earth, it's not referring to that, but there is an hour that's coming. There's an hour of desperation, an hour of revival, an hour of urgency. It's actually here. But we're going to step into it. I believe that this church particularly, we're going to step into like a fever for God. Like a fever. There's just going to be like a a godly hustle in the house. It's not a striving. It's not stressful. It's none of that. But yet it's very intense. It's not intense, but I tell you, it's strong. There's just going to be a fever in the house. It's going to be a hum. When you get in here, there's, going to be, there's a momentum. We, pro, we prophesied this at our prayer meeting a few weeks back. There's, it's a year of momentum in the house of God. Like this year's had good momentum. It's been great. It's been probably our best ever. But next year is going to start, you know, it's just going to be like we haven't stopped at Christmas time. It's just going to be like the wheels have kept speeding up even while we weren't here. You know what I mean? For those who, who are going to be awake. Jesus said, you've got to worship me in spirit and in truth. You see, what I believe he meant by that, inside you and I and each one of us, we have a spirit. And that spirit has to become born again. If you backtrack in this Bible verse, and I don't know whether we can or not, it doesn't matter. But this, was, this, this scripture came when Jesus was talking to the woman, the Samaritan woman at the well. And they got into this theological discussion and she said to him, she said, but, but him being a Jew, she said, your people worshipped in Jerusalem. And she said, we worship out here on the mountain. And Jesus said, there's going to come a day where there will neither be worship here or there, the true worshippers, which is where this scripture kicks in. You see, prior to when Jesus came in the Old Testament, the only way you could be saved was if you were born a Jew. If you're born as a descendant of Abraham. When Jesus came, he, he flicked us over into the New Testament, and you actually, that, that was no, there's no real advantage in many respects. There is in some respects, but in many respects, as far as salvation goes, there is no advantage in being a Jew. What happens now is you don't have to be born a Jew. Back in those times, you could, if you weren't born a Jew, you could become like an alien. You could become like a visitor, like a, 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 like a slave or somebody who becomes part of the community and had to go through certain painful ceremonies to be able to do that, if you're a man. 
but you could become one of God's people that way. But that was the only, you were either born into it or you were kind of grafted in like that. But now Jesus has come and we can, we can be born again. We have to be born again. Now it says in 1 John, uh, sorry, it says in, in John chapter 1 and verse 9, um, where are we? Um, it says, the true light that gives light to every man has come into the world. Though he was in the world, the world did not know him. He came to those which was his own, but his own did not receive him. But to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, not like the Jews, or of a husband's decision or will, but born of God. So when you receive Christ, make him your Lord, you actually become born again. And your spirit man is brand new. It is just like Jesus' spirit. You can't tell the difference. The power of God is in you. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 17 says, um, what does it say? Who knows? If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old, behold, the old things have gone, all things are made new. So when we become born again, everything changes in our life. Everything is made new. Now, you still got your old you, which is your body and your emotions. We're a spirit, soul, which is, is our emotions and our mind and our thought life, our will and our body. Three parts to us. You've still got your body and you've still got your emotions. And they're not perfect, far from it. In fact, they don't often don't change straight up at all much. They can generally they don't what this means to worship God in spirit and truth can mean also to worship him in the Holy Ghost by praying in tongues but it doesn't just mean that if it just meant that we were just praying we would just worship in tongues every week wouldn't we that would be all right for a week or two but might be a bit awkward for a new person who comes in it doesn't just mean that it means that you're worshiping God from your spirit regardless of what sort of a week you've had. Because righteousness, the Bible tells us that Abraham had faith and God credited that to him as righteousness. And for us here today, our faith has to be in the finished work of the cross into what it's done in our spirit and it's in that truth, it's in that reality. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. As you hear the, read the Word of God and you see these promises of God about your spirit, man, about how you're born again, about how the old has gone, how the new has come, that you're a child of God, you can then go as a perfect child of God regardless of what sort of a week you've had or even what day you've had, and you worship Him, not out of your flesh, not out of your self-righteousness, because that's what it is. That's what it means when we say, oh God, I haven't been very... You're, you're relying on your self-righteousness. That doesn't work. That, that, that doesn't score anything. In fact, that's kind of just like religious activity that's kind of bad smoke in God's nostrils, you know? It just doesn't work for Him. It's the righteousness of Jesus that we have by faith. And as that becomes more and more of a revelation to you, your spirit man begins to move out through that faith and begins to transform your life. That's how it works. 
And worship is just such a great way to let that spirit man out of you to reach out to heaven and to join in. You're worshiping out of your spirit, not about who you are or what you've done, how bad you've been, not about how good you've been. Just because you had a good week doesn't mean you can worship any better. You worship out of your spirit. So your, your spirit man's perfect. He's always ready to meet God. He's always ready to face the Lord. We can, the Bible talks in Hebrews, we can go boldly, confidently into the place, into the holy of holies, behind the curtain, right into the very presence of God. We're going to do a bit more of that a little bit later on tonight, hey? God is good. And if Christ is in you, it says in Romans 8, if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin. This is Romans 8, 10. But the Spirit's life, but the Spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the Spirit of Him who raised Christ from the dead dwells in you, He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through His Spirit which dwells in you. So the Holy Spirit dwells in you. You're His temple. And He permeates out through your body, transforming you. The, 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 the term is called regeneration. There's something alive in you now that once wasn't alive in you before you got saved. Before you, and, and maybe if, you, if you're not sure if, that's, if you've got that, well, maybe you haven't been born again, and that's easy to do. It's just a simple prayer to receive Christ, which we will do later in this meeting. But you've got this new life, this regeneration, alive, alive inside you. It is, it's so awesome. It's the most life-changing. It's the greatest experience. And you can actually, as time goes by, you can actually feel the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. You can, Paul said often in his letters, he said, the, the, the love of God the Father, the grace of Jesus Christ, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you. He would often sign off in that way. You can experience a fellowship, or another word is relationship. The relationship that you have with Jesus is equal to the relationship you have with the Holy Spirit. I grew up in a church where there was no relationship with the Holy Spirit, so I just had, had, well, I just had a knowledge of Jesus, but there was no experiential relationship between, I didn't have a relationship with God until I went to that church that I was telling you about earlier where they worship and God touched my life. And so because I grew up in that, there was no transformation in my life. So I lived just like all the other guys, my car was down at the pub and all of that. And, and that was just it. We just, I just thought that, and I, went, I even went to a religious school, and they never ever taught me. They never taught me that I could have victory in Jesus' name. They just taught doctrine. They just taught, they taught about the gospel and this and that, but they never ever, they never presented it in a way that, that said to you, hey, this can change your life. They just showed us a bunch of rules and regulations and things you should and shouldn't do, which we already knew anyway. But that, that didn't help a bit. But when that regeneration happened on the inside, it changed things forever. 
It changed forever. So you worship God out of your spirit. That's good, isn't it? Who's glad about that? Someone said here tonight, Leon said, God's not saying good Christian, bad Christian. No, he's saying Jesus, 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 Jesus. That's the truth. That's what the Bible says. I'm not making this up. That's what the Word of God says. Christ in you, the hope of glory. He's in you. You just got to believe it. That's called faith. Faith will transform your life. Praise God. I'm going to go to another scripture. I've got a bit of a bit of a scripture sermon here tonight. Ephesians 5, verses 18. The Bible says, Do not be drunk with wine, which is which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing make melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting one another to one another in the fear of the Lord. You know, I always say this, there's three things that you need, it's prayer, Bible and church. And how about this? This is church right here in this last part of this scripture submitting to one another in the fear of the Lord. That's church right there. You know, if you stayed at home by yourself and was a, were a closet Christian, you would never have to rub shoulders with anyone. I remember when I was, um, I lived by myself for three or four years before I got married, before I met Scotty. And, um, and I'd go all week, apart from a few of the guys at work, but I'd go back to my flat and I'd, I'd go all week without really kind of hanging out with anybody. And you never got to know whether you're in a good mood or not. It's amazing. You could, be, you could be in a really bad mood and you're not really aware of it until on a Sunday or whatever, I'd go back to my parents' place with my brother and my sister and whatever there. And man, you would soon know straight away, boom, if you're in a good mood or not. You know, it would be flow or it would be the things would jar and arguments would break out and you'd react. And being in the house of God Let you bounce off other people. And it says, submit to one another. I'm not preaching on this, but this just hits me out of this scripture. Submit to one another. It doesn't say just submit to the pastor or to the leaders, but submit to one another. That that is so cool. That, that, That just makes life flow. That'll change your life. That builds relationship. You know, God is in the thick of all of those things. But this is a powerful scripture, and it talks about a lifestyle of worship. You see, we've, we, we get used to what's normal, and we think that normal is normal because it's what we've got used to. But normal isn't normal until you find somebody who's abnormal and doing things at a higher level than what you've ever seen or what you're used to, and you think, wow, I thought we would, I thought what we were doing was okay, but then I saw that and like, hey, that's like way up there. And these guys would sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs and make music and melody in their hearts to the Lord. That, that was a way of life. That's what they actually did in the Bible. They knew the scriptures off by heart. They could they could talk 
They didn't just do this, but they, they could just bring a word of exhortation to one another straight out of the word. They, they, and they would join in with one another in worship. One would submit to the other. Somebody would bring a word and others would, would, would endorse that word. And as a group gets bigger, it's harder to sort of be as free as that. But th- there's a level of living for God that accompanies Spirit-led worship, that accompanies worshiping in the Spirit. If you go back to the couple of verses just preceding this, it gives a few warnings. It says, See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the Lord's will is. And then it goes on to verse 18 where it says, Do not be drunk. I love what the message Bible has to say. It starts back in verse 11. It's, it's a little bit, are we ready? Can we have a seat? But it's a bit hard hitting this one. Can we, can we handle this? Is this all right? This is just a little bit of a, oh yeah. Here we go. It says, do not waste your time on useless work, mere busy work, the barren pursuits of darkness. How about that? It's saying that just being busy and occupied and all that it can be a work of darkness. You know when Jesus, when Peter came up to Jesus, when Jesus said he was about to go to the cross and Peter said, no, 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 you can't do that. That's not right. I'm not going to let it. Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. You know, stuff that, I tell you, the enemy wants to make us busy and it's great to be busy. I love to be busy. I go crazy if I'm not. But there's a wrong kind of busyness. You all know what I'm talking about, don't you? That that rip-tear rush that you get caught up in, that treadmill. Even at this time of the year, it's pretty bad as well, you know? Just all the, all the stuff that needs to be done, most of it doesn't really need to be done. All of that sort of thing. Jesus, Jesus warns us about this. And it says, expose those things for, for the sham they are. This is the message version. It is a scandal when people waste their lives on things they must do in the darkness where no one will see. Rip the cover off these frauds and see how attractive they look in the light of Christ. Wake up from your sleep. Climb out of your coffins. Christ will shine you the light. He will show you the light. So watch your step. Use your head. Make the most of every chance you get. These are desperate times. Do not live carelessly, unthinkingly. Make sure you understand what the master wants. Don't drink too much wine that cheapens your life. It's not just drinking wine. There's all kinds of stuff that can... Our spirit man is, he's still brand new. Let me just, just hold that thought. Let me just go back to this. Ephesians 1, verse 13, it says, In him... You also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit. My mum on the farm, she makes these big preserving jars of, um, of peaches and pears and apricots. And we're going down there in two days' time and the feast will start before Christmas, Amen. But she boils these things up in water, these pot, these big jars. There's a big, big urn that sits on the stove 
and all, it's got all these jars in it and the lids are open and it boils for so long at a certain temperature and then they put the lids on and seal it and it continues to boil and it boils all the, it, it heats everything up inside these, these um, pr- preserving jars and then when it cools, it creates a vacuum inside the jars and all the impurities are gone from out of those jars. There's no, there's no bacteria in there, there's no oxygen in there and, and they can sit Peaches and pears can sit on the shelf in 40 degree heat in the storehouse or wherever for years and they just preserve. They do lose a bit of quality over time, but they, they're eatable. Three years later, you can eat them. Perfectly preserved. Your, your spirit, man, the day you become born again, the Bible says that, that Jesus seals it by the Holy Ghost. It's like it's vacuum sealed. It's, it's the lid's put on and it's screwed tight and it can't be corrupted. It's called the incorruptible seed that goes inside you, amen. But there's things that can cheapen our life. It doesn't change the Holy Spirit, but it cheapens our life. It creates a gap between who we are and who we really are. When you worship God, you begin to close that gap, amen? But you don't worship God from the person out here who's feeling a bit cheap. You worship God from the person over here who's sealed tight, perfect by the Holy Ghost, amen? That's who you are. That's who you are. I said, that's who you are. If anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. Can't we get excited and worship our God? Can we give him some praise here? Hallelujah. So there's things that we've got to watch. Psalm 1 says, Do not walk in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the way of sinners or sit at the seed of mockers. You know, there's, there's things, there's things that we don't, there's places we don't go, there's actions we won't do, and there's things we won't say if we don't want to cheapen who we are on the outside. Won't cheapen the Holy Ghost, but you'll cheapen who you are on the outside. 1 Corinthians 3. These are just some great scriptures. I just want to let the Word of God speak to us here tonight. This is in the Message Bible. It just brings things out. It makes rings a bell a bit sometimes. You realize, don't you, that you are the temple of God and God himself is present in you. Whoops. Modern technology. Pardon me. God himself is present in you. No one will get by with vandalizing God's temple. You can be sure of that. God's temple is sacred. And you remember... You are the temple. Don't fool yourself. Don't think that you can be wise merely by being up to date with the times. You see, we have a normal. Oh, well, everybody does this. Everybody does that. Everybody's listening to this. Everybody's watching that. We don't need to worry about what they're doing. We're not trying to be like them. We don't want to be like them. They want to be like us. They're the ones who need their 
I'm talking about people in the world. They're the ones who need their spirits renewed. Because their spirits are, their spirits are, well, the Bible says they're dead. They're alive, but they're, they're going to live on, but with no life. With no life. It says in, in John 3.35, it says, He who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son does not has, have life because he's rejected God's one and only Son and God's wrath remains upon him. Did you know that God's forgiven everybody already on the cross? But all we have to do is receive that forgiveness. Jesus was enough. I actually had a, um, I had a, I had a dream. I don't very often have dreams, but I had a dream the other night. It says that young men will see vision, old men dream dreams. So I'm a bit worried about this. <laughs> but anyway, I had this dream. And, and there was this, you just knew there was this great big storm coming. It's like, you know, the storm of all storms. Right up there on the Richter scale, it was just going to be super destructive. And, and the storm, storm starts to build up and build up. And I remember there was just things flying through the air. You could not even see the sky because of like all these boxes. It looked like boxes and cupboards and furniture and things and just objects from houses. It, you, it was one of those storms. I don't know how, but you just knew that there was going to be nothing left standing. Every house was going to be smashed. Everything was going to be demolished. It was just, and, but I wasn't really that scared. A lot of people I knew, they were sort of gathering back behind me in some kind of a big tin shelter thing. And I just remember, I thought, I don't want to do the same as everybody else. And I just, there's this tree. And I thought, I'm going to go. And, and the storm was coming this way towards me. And there was this tree out in front. I'm just going to go and, it was a big, thick, strong tree. I'm just going to go and stand like this, because I had to do this, because the tree wasn't any wider than this. I'm going to stand behind this tree and shelter here. And I, and I didn't get hurt. I was fine. And I wasn't even really scared. You know how dreams can freak you out? I wasn't, wasn't at all freaked out. And I'm standing behind this tree, and all this stuff's just, I'm, every now and then I just look out like that, and, and you could not see the sky. It was incredible. And all, everything got smashed behind me. And next minute, the storm had finished. And I was standing back, and a tree had actually got snapped off a bit up above my head. And, and I, I, I don't know. Maybe I had some pizza that night. I'm not sure. I, I, I'm not one of these people that God speaks to. I'm really not in, 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 you know, in these miraculous kind of ways. But I, it just had that linger on it. You know, ever been to a movie that has, has a lingering effect? Years ago, I went to watch um, a Mel Gibson one, Conspiracy Theory. That was way back in the 90s. And I remember walking out of the movie theater, I'm looking for black helicopters. And just Because you just felt like you were right in it. Well, this had that, it just, I woke up and it had that lingering effect. And, and I thought, Jesus just said, it was the tree is just the cross. You're standing in the shadow of the cross. And you, nothing can go wrong. All this stuff can be going by, but you just have to stand close to the cross. Close to the cross. It's like, it says in um, Romans, can't remember the scripture exactly, but it says that God, this hope, is an anchor to our soul. 
And, you know, when you're fishing or boating, you put down your anchor and you let out some line and you tie it off. And it says also that, that let me, I'll, I'll read the scripture. I've got it in here. It's a great scripture. This hope we have as an anchor for the soul, Hebrews 6.19, both sure and steadfast. So this hope that you have as an anchor, you ever been fishing when the anchor drags along and, it, and the current keeps shifting the anchor and you've got to go up and you've got to put the anchor back down again and then it gradually shifts, the fish stop biting, it's because the anchors shift. So you've got to go back and reposition. This anchor is steadfast, the Bible says. Secure, it can't move. There can be a hurricane, there can be wind, there can be, you name it, it could be the worst catastrophe ever. But I'm telling you, if you've got that rope on that anchor, it can't move. That anchor is like the cross, it's the Word of God. But you let out some line. But what we do in life is we, we start to let out more line. We let out more and more line. The anchor's way over there, but, you know, I'd like, to, I'd like to be over there where that is. I wonder if I can get to that. If I keep this anchor, it's like all of a sudden the line goes tight. The Word of God, conviction of the Holy Spirit saying, that's it. I just, just, I'm almost there. I just, so, so we just put that down and we just come over here and do this. And then we go back. Oh, it's still here. Oh, praise God. It's all right. It's okay. Got away with that. Amen. Feels a bit cheap, but I got away with it. Or we can, sometimes what happens is we'll stay too long over there and, we go, and the rope's gone. The, you know, we can't, we just lose our bearings. The rope's still there, but we just can't seem to, Bible says, seek the Lord while he's near. Call upon him while he may be found. We just, we, you get into that, that panic search where, doesn't matter where you look, you can't seem to find what it is you're looking for. Before it was there all the time, now it's just, it's really hard. Well, the other way we can do it is we can grab this anchor, this rope, and we can stay close to the anchor. Stay close to the anchor. I need to stay close to it. Some people, everyone's got their own length of rope. Some people are called to do different things. Amen. According to their faith, according to to just their personality and what God's called them to do, that anchor will be a different length. I, I, for me, I, I need to keep it fairly short, amen? If I let it go way out of there, I'll just drift all around. I can be here, there, and then I'll see something that looks more interesting than what I'm already doing. And these, things, these things work against our spirit man. It really is a battle between the two. Whichever one we feed the most is the way we will go. Bible says, as a man thinketh in his heart. That's how he is. I don't know where you're here tonight, where you're at here tonight, but I want to tell you, it doesn't really matter where you've been or what you've done or how good or bad or whatever. There's an anchor line here tonight that you can claim maybe for the first time or you can reclaim and fasten yourself. You can stand up right up close to the cross here tonight and you can be reassured. You can have your heart shifted and changed and moved. God's in the house tonight.
He's going to set some people free in here. We're going to close this meeting shortly, but we're going to have some people up the front to minister. I'm going to call the worship team back. We're going to start to worship right now. But as we do, I want to invite you, if you know you need to come back to God or you need to find Him for the very first time, whatever it is, I don't want you to be embarrassed. We're all family here. I'm not even going to ask you to put up your hand. As we start to sing this song, I want to invite, first of all, everyone, we're just going to start to worship God. Um, can we do that hands up in the heavens song? Is that cool? When, when the band, they're all, they're all gone. They'll be here in a minute. They're coming. Um, we're just going to have some worship. We're going to enter in. You don't have to strive into this worship. It's really easy to worship when you know that everything's okay between you and God. You don't have to hold back here tonight. I want to encourage you, you don't have to hold back. You don't have to come in warily or careful. You can just come boldly into His presence. Can we all stand? Hallelujah. Just reach your arms out to Him. you need to reposition yourself before God, I want to invite you just to step out of your seat. Just come to the front right now. Don't hesitate. Just come forward. Just come. Just step out. Just come. Just come. Just come. You want to 
You want to get a closer grip to God. You want to move closer to where the anchor is. Sometimes, so, sometimes these things, what we do in the physical often is a reflection of what's going on in the spirit. If you want to draw closer to God, sometimes the best way to do that is just, just to step out of your seat and physically draw closer to Him. Make it a symbolic thing here tonight. Is there anybody else you want to draw closer to Him here tonight? Just step out. Just come to the front. As people keep coming, we're just going to start to worship. We just do that. Let's press in, people. From the first to the last breath I breathe, the Lord watches over me. You hear my cry and you know every need. The Lord watches over me.
pray a prayer here right now. We're going to do this as a congregation. It's just a prayer that, that makes you born again. It's the same prayer that, that brings you back to Jesus, that gets you close, that gets you right back to the anchor. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You, you're good? Okay, thank you. Okay, let's just pray. Dear Lord Jesus, right now, I ask you to come into my heart. I ask to be born again. I want you to make me new on the inside. I want to follow you with all that I am for all of my days. Thank you for dying on the cross so that I could be forgiven. Thank you, Jesus, for hearing my prayer and giving me your gift of eternal life. Amen. Come on, let's give God some glory here. God bless you. Father, right now, touch his dear girl. Set in a free, free, free. Touch of God sealing her heart right now. The seal of the Holy Ghost is all over her. There it is. It's the power of God coming on. He loves you. Father, more, 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 more. Right through. Over this man. Come on, relax, sir. There it is. There's a touch of God on you as well. You're all good. You just got to get it from your head to your heart, my friend. You're good. You're good. You're new on the inside. It's going to come through the outside. You got to, if you persist, you just keep showing up in the house of God. Keep pushing through. Keep looking ahead. Don't be discouraged. It will happen, says God. You'll see the fruit come to bear. You'll see the fruit will grow. The fruit will come. The fruit will come. The joy will come. Amen. God bless you. Praise God. Come on, let's give God some glory here. Wonderful, wonderful. Hey, our friends down here, some people just going to have a little chat to you, give you a Bible. Can we give it up for Brett? What a great word. So strong in the Word of God. Thank you. Our God is good. It's good, isn't it? Just to get some great, solid teaching and uh, very inspiring. What a great, just a great word. Thank you, Brett. Hey, uh, what we're going to do, I'm going to close the meeting, but uh, we're going to get the band just to keep playing for a moment in the background. And we're just going to open the altar. If you're here tonight and you'd like some prayer, actually... Uh, feel like there's someone and it feels like you're you're in a black cloud. Wherever you go, that cloud kind of follows, I believe.